0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.
1: On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the film Bridget Jones's Diary. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do listen without having seen it, just be aware that there may be spoilers. Enjoy! Hey, you are. Hello. We're going old school. Are you recording?
0: I am recording. Yes.
1: Good. Yeah. We just decided to, this is the end of the line for Zencaster. So yeah, Zencaster, if you're listening, not good.
0: You betrayed us for the last time. Ruined our hopes and dreams.
1: Cool. Yeah. You fell to Earth like Jeff Bezos in a rocket.
0: Unfortunately, that fall from Earth was not as dramatic as I was hoping for.
1: No. It was not a crash landing. I don't even know how it landed. I've only ever seen pictures of the rocket going up, like the giant shaft that it is, powered by the urine of Amazon's employees, <laughs> which he thanked them all for. Yeah,
0: thank you for working in horrendous conditions so that I can go to space. Um, it comes down all flaccid, is is what I've heard.
1: Oh right, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah,
0: big wobbly sh- uh, spaceship. Um, <laughs> just
1: wobbling down from the, through down, the atmosphere yeah, exactly
0: exactly <laughs> um yeah i mean it's quite a good sci-fi movie really isn't it because there's all sorts of um all sorts of science fiction films about people going up into space and then coming back with a parasite and this time around we <laughs> send a parasite up into space and unfortunately he came back
1: yeah <laughs> that's the the film parasite that won all the Oscars, right?
0: <laughs> that's that's exactly right. Yeah, uh, notorious science fiction movie, Parasite.
1: Yeah. So yeah, it's been a it's been a big news week, hasn't it? Lots of people going into space. Um, the Olympics is happening today in Japan. That's it a is, thing. Yeah. Baseball's back in the Olympics, which I'm very happy about. But obviously, it probably shouldn't be going ahead because you know COVID and stuff. But it's a thing we can all watch and enjoy from afar.
0: Yeah, we can watch sports and all of the sports people that have been made to go out there um, in potentially unsafe conditions when they probably shouldn't be. But we get to enjoy them doing it. A bit like the football. It's the football, yeah. but on a much bigger scale.
1: Yeah, and with horse dancing.
0: <laughs> and with horse dancing, the only true sport.
1: Yep, It's the only sport that truly showcases the connection between man and beast.
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly. Apart from football, which is a, a combination of uh, man and the beast within who wants to just shout hooligan slurs at people.
1: Yep. That's all within you know, that that's two that's two for the price of one really. You get the man and the beast.
0: <laughs> you, know. you do. You do. Your team is no good. Yeah. Your team is no good today. <laughs> you are
1: not playing well. Your team is no good. Oh, oh. That, that's football.
0: That is that is all the football.
1: But I'm good. I'm double jabbed, and I'm ready to gab, as it, by which I mean talk to you, not to go on the social network for racists.
0: I was going to say, what has? Well, I don't buy into many conspiracy theories, but uh, what has happened to you following the jab? If you want to go on far right Twitter competitor gab.
1: I know. Well, I have had some side effects. As you know, we had to move this from yesterday because I wasn't feeling too good. I had some uh, bit of muscle pain, a yeah, bit of bit of fever, but I'm all right now. It's all good. But yeah, I'm definitely going to go on right-wing social media platforms and say that, yeah, the the vaccine did me a bad one and that I've got a 5G chip in my buttocks and whatever.
0: Yeah, it's, a, it, it's all a scam. Yeah. And you, you've you come through the other side to let people know that it's all a scam. And,
1: you know, this is the first step in transitioning our show towards, you know, being one of those right-wing shows where they talk absolute nonsense about stuff and get loads of listeners. And then yeah, eventually I mean, we'll get a million dollar deal with Spotify.
0: Yeah, it would be great. Give us, give us your merch money. We'll set up a, um, a crowdfund for when we inevitably do something truly abhorrent and need to source legal costs, but then pocket most of the money ourselves, which is what always happens with these things.
1: Yeah. I'm really excited about that, actually. That's going to be the best bit.
0: Yeah, scamming our listeners out of money. Yeah, so yeah. That, that, if, if, if far right grifting isn't about scamming people out of money, I don't know what it is about. What's no, so
1: it? basically, give us your money. Give us That's your money. That's what we're here for. Yeah. It's taken us 213 episodes to get to this point, but basically, this is all just a front and we want your money, so give it to us now.
0: Yes, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so this week, yeah. we turned to a classic of the genre. We did. Of the sci-fi genre on um, Bridget Jones's Diary about <laughs> the space diary of fabled space captain Bridget Space Jones.
1: Yeah. Captain's log. It's
0: 2001. <laughs> Hugh Grant's got a really nice ass.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and I've seen it. <laughs>
0: and I've seen it.
1: No, but we just... Obviously, really, the truth is that we're going to be doing this show about romantic films until we die, because there's always going to be new romantic films. We'll never be able to get through them all. And, you know, even if we were to do every romantic film in history up to now, that would probably take us until we're dead. But they're going to keep making them. So we're going to keep doing this show forever. And we don't want your money. Well, we do. But, you know, <laughs> I'll talk about that at the end. Yeah, <laughs> There's I a mean, tip jar.
0: I, th- I think the thing to bear in mind is that, you know, we we do this for the love and I can't imagine I, I think some people they go into doing a podcast and they're thinking about oh how can I make a load of money off this how can I how can I turn this passion of mine into something that makes money and like no we do it for the love
1: yeah we are not LinkedIn hustle culture people we're doing this because we want to talk rubbish about films
0: yeah we want to have a chat as friends we want to get you involved as listeners yeah and we want to talk absolute rubbish
1: it is what it is by which I mean pure garbage <laughs>
0: I wouldn't have it any other way.
1: No, I I wouldn't either.
0: Well, well structured content. No, get out! How dare wanna, you? How wanna, very dare you? <laughs> I wanna, I wanna, I wanna chat with my bro about Bridget Jones.
1: Yeah, even the suggestion of having structure makes me feel physically sick. Yeah. Oh no, that's that's just the, the vaccine side effects <laughs> kicking back in. So yeah, let's 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 do this quickly before I before I f- fall ill again from the the five G virus. Yes. So yeah, Bridget yeah. Jones's Diary. Had you seen this film before? Dare I ask? I have
0: seen this film many a time. Yes, me too. Um, this is a classic of the genre, as mentioned, and I've seen it so many times. It is a, a wonderful little movie. Um, I hadn't seen it in a in a little while though um been been a little while since i watched it um but uh but surely it's
1: only been about a month since it was last on itv2 at 8 p.m (laughs) on a sunday
0: (laughs) yeah it goes kindergarten cop into bridget jones 2 uh followed by hot fuzz that's (laughs) that's the itv2 (laughs) schedule every sunday isn't it
1: and actually right now love island's on at that time oh that's true
0: that's true yeah Um, But yeah, I I take it you've seen this.
1: Yes, I've seen it it many times. I mean, I
0: I don't know that I saw
1: it around the time it came out because we would have been, I think, just a little bit too young for it. So it was one that you'd have seen at some point, I guess, a little bit later on, again, probably on ITV2. (laughs) Well, did ITV2 yeah, I, exist? When did they make ITV2? Maybe it might uh, back in the day. So, sort of a few years later when we were old enough to appreciate it, mid to late 2000s, maybe it was on regular ITV even. It would have gotten that prime slot.
0: I mean, to be fair, this did come out in 2001. So, we would have been, what, 13, 12, 13 when this came out? Yeah. So, I probably saw it pretty soon afterwards. Maybe didn't see it at the cinema. But when it came to, to Doved as it was back in the day
1: <laughs> to doved.
0: um then uh, then yeah i probably saw it then oh nice um, well
1: I, I, yeah i definitely didn't see it in the cinema but i'm sure i've seen it lots of times my mum's a big fan i've definitely seen it with my mum
0: it is a it is a, a mum film isn't it i think this yeah for sure it's uh it, it speaks to to mums um which is funny because the 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 generation that it's about is younger than that but it's people i think maybe reflecting on 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 that era of their lives and then also um you know having a a nice feel-good rom-com story around it um so it's one of those interesting things where it then clearly also picked up the sort of teenager bracket as well um i know a lot of people at at, at university had grown up watching bridget jones's diary as one of those movies um so it really sort of captures something about love that maybe not other not other movies have
1: yeah Um, obviously the character of bridget jones she's 32 and you know in around 2000 we're we're that age now
0: yeah, we're we're British. Well, you are.
1: Age. We're in the sweet spot right now, the gooch, if you will. Where <laughs> f- we're in the the sort of one month where I'm older than you.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I I I turn the old age in a week's time, actually.
1: Yeah, it's coming. Do you it want me, you me want like to give you some tips? Really cool. Do you want me to write down what it's like for you? Yeah, please do. It's all right. It's about the same. It's all right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's the same as every other every other birthday. Nothing changes. Yeah. I, I still feel like an awkward 13-year-old every day of my
1: life. Same here. But,
0: um, it's nothing changes. Any list, any young listeners or anyone who wants advice to give to young people who ask, oh, do you change when you get older? No, everything is, all you get is more stressed. You still have all the same anxieties and worries and, and inadequacies, but then you've got the added pressure of work.
1: Yeah you're the same 13 year old idiot inside but somehow well if you're me at least there's now a small child depending on you and you have to worry about things like tiles falling off your roof or whatever so yeah it's not much fun it's the same yeah, that-
0: though i mean you're ne- you're nearly at the age now of your of your tiny human that you can just give them a game boy can't you yeah it can't be that far away Give them Pokemon, and they'll be set for, for the next 18 years. Game Boy Advance. Job, We're going Job straight Dunnors. in with the Game Boy Advance. Oh, good, good. I mean, he is a he is a high-quality child. Yeah. I think you can get the gist of, of the earlier games.
1: He's getting the Castlevania. Um, he's getting them that. Yeah, exactly.
0: Uh, I, I like to think that he's a fan of the classics, though, of a more linear Castlevania experience.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. He'll, he'll, get, he'll get into it. We'll start him <laughs> off with Circle of the Moon, just because that's yeah, the one on the Game Boy yeah. Advance. But we'll...
0: He'll go back to the classics. Yeah, yeah 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 um but yeah ov- obviously you know number one rule in parenting as soon as you can fob them off on video games and television job done as a parent then it's then it's society's problem after that
1: yeah exactly and then when you can blame society for all the violent video games that you bought them <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly exactly <laughs> uh, i i do find that funny because i played a lot of violent video games when i was growing up um i remember having the original grand theft auto when i was far too young to really be playing that um and i the thing is that kids understand that these things aren't real um the whole idea of of violent video games being this thing that uh that that will stop you from from being a contributor to society and turn you into this this crazed murderer is a complete fabrication um you know what's more likely to do that Football. Well, yes, but I was going to say watching GB News. Oh, yeah. Um, which, which apparently uh, has
1: had zero viewers for some of its programmes. Yeah, so you love the, only people,
0: the only people who were going to watch it were far-right weirdos with nothing better to do. Then, because they claimed that they would have some impartiality as a news channel, because, you know, they are a news channel, they should report on the news, one of their spokespeople took a knee in response to the racist um, the, the racist abuse that the England footballers received—that uh, did not go over well with GB view- <laughs> GB News viewers, who then boycotted it, so that certain shows got no viewers at all. Yeah. Um, which you know, it, it that doesn't mean that they didn't get any viewers, but it does mean that of the sort of profile that was looked at for the ratings, they received a big fat zero. The channel that um,
1: set itself up, self up as like being deliberately anti woke. The people who like are its core audience think it's too woke and don't watch it anymore, which yeah, they is thought it, the funniest shit ever.
0: They they thought it was too woke. Um, they then became the ultimate snowflakes by boycotting it because it was too woke. Um, and in response, rather than thinking, <laughs> hmm, maybe we've attracted the wrong kind of viewers here. Maybe we can't depend on 60-year-old gammon who <laughs> go off on the handle at the slightest opportunity. Um, they instead decided to hire Nigel Farage to be their (laughs) newest Nigel Farouge. Nigel Farouge, yeah. So they thought, hmm, okay, well, rather than have any semblance of balance here, let's just go totally right-wing and let's see if we can scramble back some of these decaying mess of viewers that we once had.
1: So, yeah, Um, I'm very, very happy to see that kind of that channel is... Failing because it 's built on rubbish and yeah lies. they tried to
0: do they tried to do fox news u k edition didn 't they, um, which we have enough of in our newspapers we don 't need a TV channel as well, um, but uh, hopefully it will die very soon i 'm hoping that it all dies, although given that it gets random, mysterious funding from investors yeah, I assume that even if it gets one viewer or zero viewers they 'll still just keep churning it out for as long as the money 's there um they will but, yeah uh, but in short go away gb news take your nonsense yeah
1: so the fact that there's you know today's media landscape is so terrible makes it quite nice actually to watch something from 2001 doesn't it and that's why part of why I like doing this show is it's a real distraction from the yeah the hellscape of today especially when we look at classic films like this and it's from that point of view I really enjoyed it did you
0: yeah I, there's something naive and relaxed about bridget jones isn't there is that it's very new labor <laughs> it sits in this <laughs> yeah. it sits in this things can only get better now i've found you mindset you would
1: not be surprised actually if tony blair had a cameo in this <laughs> or one of one <laughs> exactly. of his like, junior yeah. ministers maybe
0: exactly you know um it, it, it just kind of sits there pre-war crimes new labor being fairly pleasant and inoffensive <laughs> Um, yeah. And just, or if like just... Robin
1: Cook had been in a scene or someone like that. <laughs> yeah,
0: you could imagine Robin Cook, couldn't you? Or or John Prescott turning up at the party as the other person who dresses up um, as a vicar. Oh, um, yeah.
1: Not um, Mm -hmm. Salman Rushdie's, the other guy's fictional book launch, which, by the way, is actually quite accurate in terms of how the publishing industry treats its staff and especially its publicists. They would make an inexperienced publicist stand up and try and introduce someone and like not give her a proper tech check or make sure that the mic was on.
0: I was going to ask actually how accurate is the portrayal of publishing
1: and where the the book says like the greatest novel of our time or ever that is hilariously good because it is it's just hyperbolic enough that you'd never see that in real life but it's so close to the kind of stuff that people want to put on books like that that it's yeah that it's basically as close to the truth as makes no difference it's perfect yeah
0: i do love when you see things like the most shocking thriller of a generation you're like really <laughs> are you sure about that yeah is that going to be true um but yeah so i was going to ask you know as a as a publishing veteran yourself how accurate Yeah, once you get over
1: 30 you're a veteran aren't you <laughs> that's how it works in sport in sports and in media that's
0: Yeah, because in media, after you turn 30, everyone realises, wait, I could make a fuckload more money going elsewhere rather than working this shitty job. (laughs) I could work the same shitty job but make double the wage working for some faceless... Soulless corporation. Which, so. to be
1: fair, is sort of what I'm doing when I start a new <laughs> job. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's portrayal of that was quite accurate. And again, you'd, you'd hope that actually, at um, the age that she's at, 32, she might have gotten to a more senior position where. She wouldn't be looking for a job as like an assistant producer in TV if she wanted to make that move, but like that, yeah. Again, the idea that you can just kind of jump to another TV channel—it's harder than that. Sorry, to TV from publishing, it's probably harder to do than that. But the way that it's done is so funny that it doesn't matter. Where it, yeah, <laughs> and, 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 and she just and, shows up and he's like, she's like, I got, I got fired for shagging the boss, and the guy's like, fair enough, you can start on Monday. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and yeah, maybe maybe back in the day things were a bit more laissez-faire about stuff like that. Where you're like, ah, you worked in a media, you don't need to know the ins and outs. Come it's all over the same. Here. Do do you know my mate who also works in publishing who went to the same college as me? Come on in, doesn't matter. Come get your bum out on camera.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's all it's all leading up to the bum on camera, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah, um, and. This is one of those movies where there's quite a lot of slapstick comedy, but I think they handle it in quite a down-to-earth and very humorous way. You know, there's no boying sound effects or, <laughs> or people being hit in the head with frying pans, but you do have bums out, hilarious fights, things like that, that help it feel... You know, it, it, it's not realistic, but it's just close enough for you to kind of empathise with it and and enjoy it in that way, I suppose.
1: The fight scene is hilarious the fight between Colin Firth and Hugh Grant. Soundtracked by Jerry Halliwell's cover of It's Raining Men, which is the perfect choice for 2001. And there's a bit where they, yeah they, they're in a restaurant, they have to stop to sing happy birthday to a guy and then they carry on. Which is yeah, and they are kind of having some some reasonable fisticuffs, but it never feels like anything but cartoonish, does it?
0: Yes, yeah, exactly. It's all very, um, it, it's it's very very funny. It
1: makes you think of something. Have like you ever been in a, in a pub and sort of accidentally brushed past someone who's a, who's you know isn't really hard, and they've gone, "I'll knock your block off." It's like, that's what would actually happen <laughs> if you if you did follow them outside and agreed to have your block knocked off.
0: Yes, yeah, I will I will give you uh, a bit of uh, Robert De Niro on my left hand and a bit of Al Pacino on my right hand. <laughs> yeah, except for the that's... One, two, chappy.
1: Except it's Robert De Niro and Dirty Grandpa on the left hand and it's Al Pacino and Jack and Jill on the right.
0: <laughs> a bit of Dunkachino. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's yeah, it's 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 two people who don't know how to fight having a fight, and it's great. Yeah, um, but yeah, I I think, and I think that kind of gets to the bottom of why Bridget Jones is so funny, um, and why it's so endearing is the way that the characters are portrayed because they're all exquisitely brought to life. I think, and I know that there's some issues with this, and we'll talk about that a bit later in terms of. Um, Renée Zellweger as a frumpy, yeah, thirty-something. No, she's not. But when you look at her characterization as this awkward, um, or- awkward lead in an era where you didn't really get awkward leads in, or at least not female awkward leads in romantic comedies um that I think is the key to this
1: film isn't it that I mean it's not the first film to ever feature an awkward female lead but it was one that really really shoved that into the mainstream and for it to be you know a British film as well that had done that in a way that was at the time very fresh and very clever I think that's why people still look back on this with a lot of fondness right and it inspired a lot of imitators
0: exactly you know it's it like you said it's not the first one to do it but in terms of it being a relatively safe mainstream movie, um it's 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 one of those real pioneers in terms of making it acceptable in the sort of mainstream popcorn movie era. Um and it's 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 fun to watch. And you know, you you know, you might look back at it now. I mean, this movie's been out for 20 years. Um and you might look back at it and think, oh, this feels a bit old hat now. But actually, at the time it was doing things that were quite refreshing for the audience. And and more than just um more than just Bridget Jones herself being funny and endearing. Um, you know, you've got you've got um Hugh Grant being a hilarious bastard, um still incredibly charming to the last in spite of all of the bad things he does. Um and then you've got Colin Firth being pride and prejudice, but modern day. Yeah, um, which
1: was the brief that was given to him. Yes, yeah, exactly, You know, you exactly, you did, that's what I mean. You have you, done a Mister Darcy already. Just do that, but it's now easy. Yeah, it's fine because yeah. that's what the book says, I guess.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, and I I think it works incredibly well. You know, I think I think the movie wouldn't be the same if it didn't go for that kind of trope of a character so expertly. And obviously, Colin Firth had found great success doing this previously. Um And as such was likely the perfect casting. And in terms of perfect casting, is there anyone who you could foresee as any role, any of the major roles here who isn't? Because even René Zellweger, you know, American René Zellweger playing British Bridget Jones, I can't picture anyone else being... Bridget Jones
1: no me neither and that's a a testament to you know how good her performance is but how well put together the film and the other films are uh, as well
0: yeah yeah definitely 100%
1: I was just gonna say I whenever I think of this I always think of in the Simpsons when Helen Fielding appeared in it and it was like oh no here comes Helen Fielding and she's dancing around to the Benny Hill music and that's what Americans think that we're like
0: is that the one where they go to the UK and they meet various people. I think it like is. Like Tony Blair. Tony Blair's in that one, isn't it? he? He meets them at the airport.
1: I believe so, yes. I think it is yeah. that one.
0: I remember when The Simpsons used to be funny?
1: Yeah, it's a distant memory, but yeah, I can remember.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, I, have you read the Bridget Jones books?
1: I have not, no, have you?
0: No, no, it's one of those things where I'm like, I should do that at some point, but I'm not going to.
1: I would be interested um, to see how it made the transition from... Because the films... I think the books are huge bestsellers, but the films are so much bigger, I guess. And, yeah, so much more of a pop-cultural touchstone that I'm always interested to find out where these things come from.
0: Yeah, I'd be intrigued to see what they changed and what they didn't when it came to... I know that, obviously, the final book... Has a very big change in comparison to the film, um, which we won't discuss until we get onto it. Whenever, whenever that is. Yeah. Um, have you seen Bridget Jones Three? No,
1: I have not. Bridget Jones's Baby.
0: The yeah, the Revenge of the Hugh Grant.
1: <laughs> revenge of the Grant.
0: <laughs> revenge of the Grant. Yeah. yeah.
1: Or oh, the the Firth strikes back. <laughs> exactly. Or he doesn't because yeah.
0: Um, yeah, we, we. I know what the spo- twist is. Yeah, worry. we won't spoil it because there might be people who who, who haven't heard. Yeah. Um, but I've heard that in the the film and the book, it, the same thing does not happen.
1: Yeah. Um, Which is always a problem when you take a book into a film, isn't it? People just never seem to get it right.
0: Yeah, I mean, look at June, for instance. Yeah. <laughs> Which can we can we talk about June 1984
1: when we? Uh... Well, we're going to do a special, aren't we? When the new one comes out, we're going to do a can double episode. We, can we do a double them?
0: episode with them? I know they're not in fully romantic, but I'm sure there's enough in there for us to. There's
1: there's enough in there for sure. There. When's it out? I, the new
0: one? Uh, I think it's in November.
1: It looks really good. It does. I'm Did very you see
0: the new, tra- the new trailer for it? yesterday? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's uh, it looks quite something i'm very excited yeah um but it's uh yeah it feels so far away though and i'm i'm worried that we might go back into lockdown at some point
1: yes that's true so it's going to be like the new bond film it's never going to see the light of day
0: yeah yeah um it is it is a bit it's a bit worrying because already um uh the green knight has seen its um yeah. uk release being shelved for now um, which is really disappointing cause I was it's the kind of film that my local art house place would have shown. And I was really looking forward to seeing it on the big screen because it looks incredible. And I'm really hoping that they do stick to a cinematic release rather than releasing it in the home cinema because something like that, I feel like you really need to, to witness it on the big screen, you know?
1: Yeah, June I think, is going to be one of those as well. Yeah,
0: exactly, exactly um although to be honest
1: i don't know when i'm going to feel safe going to a cinema but i certainly wouldn't right now
0: see i have already been to the cinema very recently actually have you yeah how was it it was fine um i would not recommend going to see anything longer than an hour and a half to two hours because you do feel uncomfortable in the mask after that amount of time yeah um but the way that our cinema did it was very good you felt like you had lots of space in comparison to people around you. Um so okay, felt that's quite good. secure like that. Um went to go and see the new Mads Mikkelsen movie, Another Round. Um, oh. I don't which... know
1: anything about that. What's it
0: about? So a bunch of teachers at a school uh decide to test this theory that human beings were born with less alcohol in their blood bloodstream than they should have. So they do this little test to see if having a little drink and a little bit of alcohol in their blood Im- improves their lives. And it's sort of a, a, a comedy drama manages to spin those two things on a knife edge very well. Oh, um, okay. It's very, very good. Very, very good. So yeah, I would recommend watching it at some point. Um, oh, great. But uh, yeah, that was, that was good. Um, but yeah, equally, June that could was... be the
1: one film that would convince me to go to the cinema. I'd have to go on my own because my wife won't want to watch a film with <laughs> giant space worms in it.
0: Come, come down to Lewis and we'll watch it at the fancy cinema.
1: Actually, yeah, I would love that. That'd be yeah, great. Yeah, come on,
0: come on down. We'll have a day. We'll ago. make a trip. We'll, you come round, come round to mine. We'll watch June nineteen eighty four, and then we'll watch um, watch June twenty twenty one.
1: As as a parent, now that my son's old enough, we can sit him in front of June nineteen
0: eighty four. Yeah. Exactly, he. I think kids need keep to keep him have quiet these for a couple but, of hours, and a lot longer than that, whilst he thinks about what he's just seen. Um, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I think watching strange, disturbing films are a formative part of any child's youth. Um, you know, it, it, it's how they they learn to grow and think. Why did they start milking that cat in <laughs> 1984?
1: <laughs> why was Sting wearing a metal eagle metal, metal cod cod piece? piece? Yeah.
0: Who is Sting? <laughs> What is Sting? Why is Sting? Um But yeah, it's uh yeah, I, I think we should do that. Yeah, come on down. I still haven't on, uh, read the book. I should I try know.
1: and read it before the film comes out, shouldn't I?
0: It is dense. It is very good but it is dense. I would I would I would say if you're going to start reading it, I'd recommend starting reading it now. Because if you don't click with it quickly, then uh you might struggle to 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 get through it it's one of those things where if you get on board with it you'll get through it in no time but yeah. if you do find it a bit of a slog then um yeah that it's it's a wonderful wonderful dense piece of shit <laughs> um it's a bo- it's a book i love and there's so many layers to it and I, I i do wonder if they can get all of that layering and all of that subtext into the film successfully but um but yeah we'll see we'll see what happens
1: Yeah. I, I'm very excited to try and fail reading it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, get on, get on board. I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure you'll you'll love slash hate it,
1: which is all you can ask, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, um, Bridget Jones, getting back in on many talk. ways
1: the complete opposite of something that might be a slog. It's 90 minutes of light-hearted joy.
0: It is pure joy, and it goes incredibly quickly. You'll never... I don't think anyone can watch this and be bored, can they?
1: I was genuinely surprised. Suddenly it was at the end. I was like, surely... And this is a criticism in a way, which is that there was less substance to it than I remember there being, if that makes sense. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but what I mean is that... You The stuff you remember is the gags and the jokes and the the bum coming down the fireman's pole onto the camera and stuff, isn't it? It's not the actual story and the romance. And there's stuff like... You even forget about Jim Broadbent and, and Gemma Jones. Is it Gemma Jones the mother? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and their sort of divorce and then sort of make-up thing. And the guy that she dates who's a bit weird and the stuff that she kind of brushes her mum off when she's talking about her relationship and stuff... And all of that stuff. There's a lot of real kind of unexplored stuff there, isn't it? And you're like, what purpose does that serve really? It doesn't matter. It's just sort of giving it a little bit of emotional depth behind the gags, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's providing it's providing kind of a snapshot into um into uh, what's the future might look like, what it might not look like, learning from other relationships, that kind of thing. But it doesn't do it in a heavy-handed way. It's just kind of a oh, here's some additional context and a kind of nice little side story you can um, you, you can you can just get into.
1: Yeah. So yeah, I, I saw that and I was like, ah, there's there's not actually a lot going on here, is it? And it's actually. Quite a lot happens, but you still don't really think of it as a plot-driven film, do you?
0: No, no. Um, it's set piece after set piece, almost, in a way. It's scene after scene, rather than something that's driven purely by the plot. Um, so what stands out isn't necessarily um, isn't necessarily the individual plot strands. Um, and I'm surprised at how little I remembered about the plot. But what you remember is Blue Soup, Fight in a Restaurant... Um, bum down a slide, things like yep. that. Um, that, um, that I think
1: someone finds a diary and then storms out, but it's fine five minutes later because they're <laughs> going to have a kiss. She's got to run around in her pants and then they have a kiss in the snow. Iconic yeah. <laughs> ending.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and 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 they
1: they then at that point reuse the same slow version of ain't no mountain high enough because they got the rights to it and were like why not
0: yeah yeah you know why why not just throw it in there again um but you know it has it, it fits all of the the curtis trappings doesn't it you know you've got your your group of friends uh, yeah, your, your sassy yep. group of, of of strange friends who are all very funny and very supportive. One of um, whom is
1: Shirley Henderson, who I absolutely love and who is brilliant in everything. You know, you know the the funniest fact about her is in relation to the Harry Potter films, mm-hmm. in which she played Moaning Myrtle in Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. She was the actor with the greatest gap between the age, her actual age, and the age of the character she was playing she was you know i think in her mid to late 30s playing a 12 year old ghost and she nailed oh. it obviously because she's brilliant <laughs>
0: she's brilliant yeah um oh uh, yeah i did not know that that is interesting interesting stats um yeah. so um
1: and you enjoy the sassy friends in this don't you you do you do yeah and that i think is uh, um part of the reason that people people really identify with this as well is you either think that you you are sort of a a bit chaotic like Bridget Jones or you think, oh, I know someone like that or someone in my family's like that or I was like that at some point in my life or, you know, I hope I don't end up like that someday if you're watching it when you're, like, 15. But, like, if I do, it's okay because she's kind of having a good time. I think it's possible to identify with it on a number of levels, isn't it?
0: Oh, yeah, And the sassy
1: friends are part of that as well.
0: Yeah, 100%. And I think... You know, there's a reason why that's been a through road through so many of of, of things written by Curtis that has been a prominent part of the kind of side characters of the piece, you know, from, from uh, Four Weddings to Notting Hill to Bridget Jones, um, is that it's something that is relatable and that people can, even if they don't necessarily fully recognise their own lives within the main characters, they'll recognise themselves either in one of the friends or as having that kind of friendship group themselves. And it's something to help ground people in. Um, And so it helps, um, it helps propel it, um, but also is very funny and very well written. You know, I, I think it's one of the great successes of this film. I'd say this is the best zany bunch of friends of the lot. I'd say out of all of those kind of movies.
1: Yeah. It doesn't feel forced or tedious, does it? and it doesn't overdo it either they're not in every scene they kind of turn up at the right time to pad it out between the gags and the set pieces
0: yes yeah yeah 100% um it's um but yeah it's 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 well done and it's well cast they all fit well don't they
1: yeah for sure i also think this is the first film ever to use um oh by myself I don't know if that's true, but to me it is <laughs> my head canon is that this is where the origin of using that song in film to denote a sad moment of being alone comes from film or t v or anything
0: well i I think it's kind of it's kind of done as a as a joke in itself, isn't it because it's so um it's so um over the top and on the nose, I suppose. Yeah, Um, that it's there as a comedic trait. Whereas I think a lot of the other movies that use it don't think of it as comedic, and are just like, "Ah, this is a song about being sad, yeah, (laughs) being alone." (laughs) But that's the thing
1: because this film is not trying to be clever at any point. It's just like, "Yep, we're going to do that, and it's going to be funny." There you go.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing. They're just thinking of the humour of it. And, and, and I think what's also important is how it fits in with her character as well, is that it is the kind of thing that Bridget Jones would put on when she's feeling sad. Yeah. Um,
1: and then she's at karaoke singing,
0: I can't live of is without you.
1: And doing it badly. <laughs> exactly. And, and bad it. karaoke is always funny as well.
0: It is. It is always brilliant. Um, and so I think that that's something that often gets lost when people are creating a a soundtrack to a film is how does it fit? It it doesn't just have to be a cool soundtrack. It has to fit tonally and with the emotions of the audience, which are often intrinsically tied to the emotions of the characters and how they feel about the characters. And so having a soundtrack here, which really fits Bridget Jones as a person, her personality helps tie it all in together with how the audience is responding. Um, and so, yeah, the, the the soundtrack work, the score work here for Bridget Jones is, is expertly done.
1: Yeah, for sure. And then the rest of it's kind of like soul classics, isn't it? Which always help to to lighten the mood.
0: Yes. Yeah, Exactly. Exactly. Um, the, the the perfect example of this is um, the jaunty soundtrack to Guardians of the Galaxy made up of all of these classics um, from the seventies. Hmm. And that all ties in really well to the tone of the film, to the main character um, and then also into the audience's reaction to it. And then off the back of that suicide squad was then a film which tried to do a similar thing by just chucking a load of rock classics into its soundtrack and it didn't work because you didn't have that same tonal connection to the script, to the movie, to the characters, and so it, the even though it had like the the soundtrack to that movie must have cost so much money to get the rights to every song, um, yeah, but it just didn't work. And 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 you know you do there is a craft to doing it, and it's a craft that this this movie does incredibly well.
1: Yeah, it gets it right, and it's something that really helps it to all come together, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent.
1: Along with the use of the phrase "full sex," which is something that always makes me laugh.
0: <laughs> Full sex is yeah, it's is great, isn't it? And I, you know, it is a, it is a, a, the 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 dialogue is sharp. You know, a lot of care is put into every line. You know, it does have the 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 narration via the diary as well. Yeah, um, tits which... pervert more like. <laughs> Which which works that always well makes me chuckle, to, which is very very funny, um, which, which which works incredibly well, and it all sort of ties it together well as well, doesn't it? Yeah, tied like like blue string, yeah. around vegetables,
1: yeah, and the blue of that is a ridiculous kind of baby blue that you would never get from like fabric
0: <laughs> no, no exactly but it, you, you don't need it to be realistic there you just need the chaos of the kitchen to help understand her character more and also build that relationship between her and and Colin Firth and her friends you know
1: yeah for sure and so that you know you you believe it when she shows up to a party dressed as a playboy bunny and there's no theme
0: <laughs> exactly we've all we've all been there I remember I've, I've turned up as a Playboy Bunny to many a party yep
1: that was um, my just, my just, just birthday that time
0: yep exactly um Eric's birthday as well
1: yep yep um, luckily yeah. he was too young to understand but once he's seen June, you know nothing will shock him he'll
0: yeah nothing will shock him anymore
1: yep you know you'll go Rob's in a Playboy Bunny outfit whatever you'll have to try harder whatever. than that bring me some violent <laughs> video not- games now <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> exactly bring me, bring me grand theft auto 5 yeah
1: but she thinks it's a tarts and Vickers theme and now can we just say that this is a theme that i've experienced at a party before super weird where does it come from what the fuck is that about
0: see i've never i'd never heard or is this of
1: because it... i'm catholic is this a church of england thing maybe I guess you you wouldn't be able to answer that
0: maybe it's a weird religious thing um i am a, a heathen i have no religion I've never been particularly involved in religion. Um, And yeah, I've always found it very odd. I'd never really heard of it before uh, Bridget Jones. Um, And I've not really heard of it since then either.
1: Was there not one at university? I I didn't go, but I'm sure I saw flyers.
0: Maybe. I mean, I never, I I didn't see it myself. There may well have been. Um, It's just, yeah, it is very odd, isn't it? It's weird, but then a lot of those kind of raunchy costume things are weird, like like back to school parties where you're supposed to dress up like like sexy school kids. I guess. I mean, that's a bit yeah, a bit nancy, isn't it? Let's be honest. Yeah, b- big nonce energy. Um, Not the, a fan the, of that. The guest list can be also be transcribed into a sex offenders register with very little wiggle room needed. Um, yeah, get out. If you if you're one of those people that's like, oh no, it's a bit of fun. No. No, it's not. You're a nonce. No, it's <laughs> not. First. Edith There's edith an first.
1: island waiting for you <laughs> yep. that you will be taken to. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um go say say hi to to enemy of the podcast, Andrew, whilst you're there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Does our podcast have enemies? Joe Rogan's an enemy of the podcast, just <laughs> simply by one of having his million dollar deal for his he's, stupid he's, show.
0: He's a big he's a big podcaster go is automatically our enemy yeah
1: any big um, podcast is is our enemy
0: <laughs> gonna gonna nuke <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'll turn up at a big old podcast if
1: i see mark kermode walking down the street i'm gonna knock <laughs> his block off
0: <laughs> <laughs> what's what's the big um what's the big uh murder murder podcast
1: my favorite murder
0: yeah the the, the next murder they're gonna be looking at is their own because we're coming for them <laughs>
1: with a hammer <laughs> yeah we'll take it over <laughs> and we'll be like hey yeah we committed the we murder committed here's our murder. show about here's it our show,
0: yeah um
1: that sounds like a sort of weird dystopian thriller novel doesn't it that would sell very well <laughs> yeah
0: exactly exactly um yeah but will be the next next black mirror episode won't it yes um, but uh <laughs> yeah we can have enemies we have love for rom-coms we have love yep. for the ordinary people therefore there's enough space for lots of hate if we want there to be um, and i decide that yeah we've got enemies now we've got enemies so what we
1: like is romantic comedy what so our enemy therefore is non-romantic tragedy
0: <laughs> yeah tra- any
1: film that's tragic and does not have romance in it that's that's our enemy really serious that's a film we will never review with
0: no romance in
1: Um, to be fair that does sound like a slog it does sound
0: incredibly boring doesn't it to watch oh sad things happen yeah Uh, so so basically any any (laughs) i
1: don't even know what film we're talking about and i already any
0: any hanukkah movie i guess (laughs) is automatically (laughs) the enemy of this podcast yep um (laughs) to be fair yeah i don't did he do What what did he do? Is it funny? Games? I don't know if I've even seen any of his work. I think it's the complete antithesis of anything you would enjoy. Actually, Um, yeah, he he's done some truly disturbing and depressing movies. That's basically his mo, isn't it? It's it's just really sad, horrible films. Is it like a sort of
1: how does he compare to someone like Lars von Trier, who, as you know, I really, absolutely loathe... So
0: Lars, Lars von Trier is pretentious shit pieces with lots of overt violence and horrible bullshit happening, whereas Hanneke's work is more subtle. Um, there might be the odd glimpse of something awful in general, with the exception of Funny Games, which is a... a, a, a very nasty film um although he he then also did a a american remake of it as well an english language remake um where basically the whole i think i might have talked about it on this podcast before actually the whole thing is a critique of people who watch like home invasion movies and basically says if you're watching a movie like this you're a sick fuck and that's basically his message (laughs) Um, of funny games where you watch these people break into the house of this family and and torture and kill them. Um, And it's, it's really horrible. Um, But his whole point is if you're enjoying watching this, you are a bad human being, Um, which is fair enough. You know, if you are one of those people, I agree you are bad human beings. Um, Yeah.
1: Why would you watch that when there's romantic comedies out there? (laughs) There's so many of them. You could never get bored. Um, We've done 213 episodes about romantic films. Not all comedies, to be fair. But, you know, why would you watch that sick stuff when there's all this stuff out there? When there's, you know, Under the Cherry Moon is out there.
0: Exactly. (laughs)
1: When The Bridges of Madison County is out there. The Bridges
0: of Madison County is out there. Why would you need to watch um, Hostel, for instance? Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. I've not seen that. Which, which, yeah. So, so, yeah, Funny Funny Games is a very interesting, clever meta-horror. Um, And that's about as far as he goes in terms of explicit stuff. A lot of it's a lot more subtle and very depressing, I think, is his main thing. You'll come out of every single one of his movies feeling incredibly bummed out, um, which is the opposite of what you want and the opposite of Bridget Jones, which is a, a thrill ride of happiness.
1: That's the opposite of what we're about on this show. So I was very, very glad that we got around to talking about this film. Yeah, because it's it's enjoyable. You could put it on at any time. You know, it's good and it's one that's always worth a rewatch. I think there are a few things about it that are a little bit dated and that do date it in a way. Everyone is smoking in this film. Yeah, did you notice yeah. that? The smoking indoors all the time. I was like, what
0: What are you doing? Which yeah was a was a big thing, wasn't it? Because um, yeah, this was two thousand and one, well before the smoking ban, um, and people did smoke everywhere. Um you know, literally, they'd be born, someone would give them a cigarette. That's how it worked.
1: Yeah. Um, Whereas, you know, I had to wait until we got outside the hospital before giving Eric his first cigarette.
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, um, I'm glad that you're keeping the tradition there. Um, yeah. That, uh,
1: and I don't know about you, but the, the the sound mixing was terrible. I think that's the thing <laughs> about old old films. I know I always say it about old films, but the sound mixing is always rubbish. Maybe there's something wrong with my TV.
0: <laughs> maybe, maybe I didn't notice that about this one, um, but I think you know there have been significant improvements in in sound design since the early 2000s, haven't there? Um, yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's it's it is interesting looking at things that are dated, and obviously, you know, technologically it looks dated. Um, yeah. The reaction to that level of sexism in the workplace. Yes playing. there's some
1: sexual harassment stuff where it's all a bit kind of brushed off and it's a bit like making light of it isn't it
0: Yeah and I think nowadays you know understandably that wouldn't fly having that as kind of a lighthearted thing in the workplace um in a, in a movie you know I think there there are actually severe um as 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 shown with the news about Activision Blizzard I don't know if you've seen seen that i've
1: seen a lot of memes about it so i think i've got the gist yeah
0: basically activision blizzard is a trash fire of a company in terms of harassment um sexual harassment bullying everything like that particularly aimed at women in the company uh they're a piece of shit and they can go fuck themselves um their response to it has been abhorrent as well uh and unfortunately yeah. it's probably something that's endemic across a lot of companies in the industry. There's been a few that have been found out about, but I'm sure that it goes much wider than has been reported so far. Um But fuck Activision Blizzard. They can go piss off and take World of Warcraft with them. Who's still playing World of Warcraft anyway? A lot of people. Unfortunately, Activision also do the Call of Duty games, so they make all the money in the world every year. Oh, right. Um, but get out. Get out, you... Scumbags
1: get in the bin,
0: um but yeah, obviously, you know, particularly after the Me Too movement, I don't think that you would necessarily play Bridget Jones in the same way no. as it was back in two thousand and one.
1: No, you'd you, you'd have to make a few changes, but they'd be minor things. The soul of it is still there.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I And I think the general plot remains the same. You know, it's it's kind of provided it provided a tweak to the rom-com archetype which then became a rom-com archetype in its own right
1: and actually from that point of view i would be interested to see the most recent one because that is actually you know when the last within the last couple of years isn't it um and obviously she's playing a much older character so it's going to be different tonally but i'd be interested to see you know i'm sure the level of humor is very very different and doesn't try and make light of those kinds of things
0: yeah yeah it'd be interesting to see um, and it's been a while since I watched Bridget James 2 as well, which obviously was a lot closer to the original. Yeah. Um, now I'm that one, I they've...
1: don't know if I've ever seen all the way through. I think I've sat down halfway through when it's been on ITV and my wife's been watching it about five times.
0: <laughs> there we go. There we go. Um, so you might have you might have picked it all up independently across your multiple watches. Yeah. Never, never watched it end to end. I'm sure I, I
1: could piece it together if I had to.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so that would be interesting to to watch that, and that does bring me on to an interesting question. Actually, um, are we going to do the, all the Bridget Joneses now, or are we going to space them out?
1: I don't know. What do you think? We've got. Let's see. It's July. We do we have any theme? We don't have any themed months coming up between now and Halloween, do we? Or did because there's something we said so, we were going to no. do. I feel like there was something we said we were going to do that was a theme and I've forgotten it, unless I'm just thinking back to Sandloon.
0: <laughs> maybe there was, maybe there was, but it's only it'll only be two weeks, won't it?
1: To... Yeah, oh, so you want to do, but I feel like if we do the second one, then we should do the third one as well. So should we ne- actually next week do a double episode of the second and the third one? Would that make sense? Hmm. Or do you think they deserve an episode each in their own I right? I think they
0: deserve an episode each in their own right. I've never seen the third one, so it might be quite. Oh interesting yeah, so it's
1: hard to, to judge, it, isn't it? Dive. Okay, yeah, yeah, let's let's do it. Let's do the all three in a row.
0: All right, let's do it. Good stuff. Um, so have you got anything else you want to say about Bridget Jones?
1: Um, just that this is Salman Rushdie's best work.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, one hundred percent. Satanic Verses, Get Out. Whatever cameo Midnight, in Bridget Jones' Children,
1: boring.
0: <laughs> yeah, it clearly is best work.
1: Yeah, and one thing that's really nice about it is that it's all kind of classic British actors, all of whom are still around and working today, pretty much, um, and still doing great stuff. So from that point of view, it doesn't feel dated. Um, it feels nice.
0: Yeah, you see all of these all of these people. Um... And uh, and yeah, it is it is uh, it's nice to see something where the whole cast comes together so well, isn't it?
1: Yeah. You know, it's comforting and nice and fun and lighthearted and it's short, you know, so there's there's never a bad time for a film like this. It's it's good. This is your this is your romantic comedy staple, isn't it? British romantic comedy staple.
0: Yes. Yeah, exactly. This is a this is a big one. It's it's an important part of British culture. (laughs) It's gravy. It's fish and chips. Fish and chips, gravy, mushy peas.
1: Football and rain. And scones. Yeah. Football, Um, rain and scones.
0: (laughs) So I've got some trivia for you. Cool, cool. Um, So you did mention who else was potentially going to be cast. Um, So just a handful here. You've got Helena Bonham Carter.
1: No, um, absolutely not.
0: (laughs) Kate Blanchett mm. um Emily Watson Rachel Vice okay, yeah. uh but was considered too beautiful for the role um Cameron Diaz um
1: all of these women been... are beautiful <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah
0: um Tony Collette um okay that's well. an interesting one um uh, Juliet Binoche mm. Selma Blair I can keep going and going and going. Um, Emma Thompson, as well, Naomi Watts, uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones—they were all considered for the role. Um, But interestingly enough, I can't—I can't think of any of them as being right for it. And I don't know whether that's because you can't picture it. And I don't know whether it's because you can picture them in other roles so well, whereas Renee Zellweger. you know, this was her first really. Yeah, I mean, you know, she'd been in a lot of other stuff before this, but this was the major sort of breakout as being this, um, this, this, this huge star, I guess. Because before this, what what have you got? You've got me, myself, and Irene. Um, I don't think I've ever seen that. You've thing. got. Oh, change of plan. We're watching Me, Myself and Irene next week. Um No, yeah, you've got me, Myself and Irene. You've got uh fun fact for you, she's in uh I think the fourth Texas chainsaw massacre movie. Okay. Which isn't is even though there was awful. a fourth. Um it is it is uh it stars her and Matthew McConaughey in roles really early in their careers. Okay. Um it's truly something awful uh that we should watch at some point it's incredibly bad um but yeah this this is kind of maybe maybe it's just because this was her real star performance um that you know it became such an iconic thing whereas with the others you can kind of picture them in other roles so easily that um, yeah. but but maybe that's why but you know I can't think of anyone else as as, as Bridget Jones
1: no definitely not um,
0: so um so yeah so I think that's um that that that's you know just incredibly good casting um but yeah i thought you know it's, it's worth just pointing that out um in terms of other trivia i'll keep it brief but the director sharon Maguire was actually the real life inspiration for the character of shazza oh, that's cool um because uh she's a friend of helling fieldings um and she was oh, actually cool. acknowledged in the book um she was on the acknowledgements in the book oh that's really nice um but yeah, and then in terms of the the character who played uh, the actor who played Shazza, Sally Phillips, um, she actually auditioned for Bridget Jones but didn't get it. Um, but I think I could see part, that Shazza. Yeah, yeah. Um, and in terms of Shal- uh, Sal- Sh- Shalman, Salman Rushdie's cameo, that was just a random thing where Helen Fielding called him up and said, "Hey, would you like to come have a cameo in this movie?" <laughs> um, and he said, "Yeah, all right." That's cool. No one's trying to kill me at the moment, so I'll I'll come along. Um, <laughs>
1: Unfortunately along with Jeffrey Archer as well. Oh but, Jeffrey yeah.
0: Archer. Truly awful. Um but yeah, so that'll do for trivia. So how are we going to to, to rank this?
1: Um let's see. How many I'm I'm drawing a blank. How <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to do something around the um the bum coming down the the um, fireman's pole to the camera, but it's not it's not working. You got any ideas?
0: Uh, how many restaurants do you fight your way through for the love of your life?
1: Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah, and, and that makes it romantic as well. See, it does. This, it is, does. this is teamwork. Um, let's see. I, I'll find my way through. 16 restaurants you know i think mar- marking it down just for the few things that are a bit dated about it but overall this is yeah this is this is gravy isn't yeah, it
0: yeah um and i'll just go one higher at 17 fighting my way through 17 restaurants to nice. punch hugh grant in the face um it's to knock it's, his block off knock his block off um it's uh it's a, uh, yeah it's a great movie like this i love it you know like you said it's a little bit dated but it's 20 years old now um i mean a, a lot of it doesn't feel like it's 20 years old but it is God, and, 20 years old yeah i know i know um and it is uh a wonderful wonderful film
1: nice well we know what we're doing next week so all that remains is for us to say thank you for listening we really really appreciate it and glad that you're in for to hear about romantic comedies because it's all the best the best stuff you can find us on Twitter at BigBoysDon'tPod. You can get us on emails, BigBoysDon'tCryPodcast at gml.com. There's a link in our show notes where you can give us money. That's where we want you to give us your money. But only if you want to. It's like a tip.
0: Yeah, if you want to if you wanna give us some money towards all of the window repair we need to do for our fights at restaurants, then, yeah. then pop, us, pop us a little... A to few replace all the birthday cakes
1: <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> that I've exactly. fallen through whilst fighting. <laughs> all right and we'll be back next week to talk about is it called bridget jones the edge of reason that is correct that's the one all right
0: all righty bye-bye
1: bye